Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The world is waiting. Waiting for new thinking. For bold ideas that embrace a globally connected community, working together to create a better future for all. And that future, it can be found here at UC Riverside. Here, you'll join a community where diversity equals vitality, where support and empowerment lifts spirits and propels ideas forward. Fearless, innovative, connected. UC Riverside. Bold hearts, brilliant minds. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm your host, Ariana Bravo, and this is the Autosport Podcast. It's another sprint weekend, which means that today, Friday, saw the traditional qualifying format for which Lewis Hamilton set the fastest time, followed by championship rival Max Verstappen. Lewis will line up P1 on the grid tomorrow for the sprint, but he does have a five-place grid penalty for the race on Sunday for replacing his internal combustion engine. Valtteri Bottas was third fastest with Checo fourth, while Pierre Gasly had another great qualifying session, setting the fifth fastest time and grabbing best of the rest. I'm joined by Jonathan Noble, Motorsport.com's F1 editor. John, how are you doing today? Yeah, not too bad. Week two of the the triple header, so I'm a little bit more jaded than last week, and I was quite jaded last week, so um, (laughs) it's on this this downward, downward spiral, but not as bad as the teams, I think, after their freight nightmares and the late nights they all had last night so yeah not too bad um not as tired as i'll be next week obviously and then fully charged for the final two yeah this is a long long season and the triple header towards the end of it definitely takes its toll um but let's get straight into discussions about today because as we just touched on in the introduction it's another sprint weekend uh lewis hamilton setting the fastest time today taking the speed king award um it still feels strange uh, getting your head around all of the terminology. And he set the fast time quite comfortably. He was over four tenths up on Verstappen. Were you expecting him to lead in today's qualifying? And were you expecting him to lead by that sort of margin? Or do you think that that came as a bit of a surprise? I think. Well, I think after the first 10, 20 minutes of FP1 this morning, I thought this is looking really bad for Mercedes because yeah. not only were they facing the grid penalty with Lewis, it just looked like Red Bull in a different league. 
Um, see, Max and Perez were, were well clear. Mercedes didn't have any pace. Lewis was complaining about the suspension yeah. and the car not feeling very good. So it just looks like, oh, maybe the, maybe the, the feeling of momentum that slipped out of Mercedes' championship fight with Austin and Mexico, but maybe Red Bull, maybe Red Bull are now clear. Maybe this is it. Maybe this is the Red Bull disappearing to the distance. Um, Max gets the points and the championship's finished. But I think they were just on different run plans and... Lewis wanted the car hooked up and hook it up. He did brilliantly. So the weather played a part in today's performance because I think cooler conditions suit Mercedes a bit better than the Red Bull, just in terms of um, if it becomes a more front-limited or, or a rear-limited issue. I think cooler was front-limited and we heard Max complaining about um, the front tyres going off towards the end of the sector. So I think that shifted things a little bit. And then plus you add in the fact this the engine, the new engine, sure, it gives Lewis a good penalty for Sunday, but it does give him more power. These fresher engines are better. That added together has given him the performance advantage so far. And of course, you just touched on the penalty, which is what I wanted to move on to next. He has that penalty for Sunday. Um, For anybody that isn't familiar, that's the way it works on a sprint race weekend, sprint weekend, should I say. Penalties are not applied for the sprint tomorrow because that is technically qualifying still um they're applied on sunday for the actual race um we knew that that penalty would be more than likely coming because lots of rumors about it we've seen so many changes for um bottas for example but what is it that mercedes seems to be so cautious about with those engines do we know what exactly it is that they're trying to mediate um because we haven't seen for instance red bull running through quite as many engines as mercedes no there's there's a problem with the internal combustion engine element so in terms of the things that have failed for teams in the past has normally been MGUK uh, or MGUH that's the normal thing teams are burning through a lot it's quite complicated technology it runs very very fast prone to failure but this isn't the problem the Mercedes problem is the ICE we haven't heard any specifics yet on terms of what the problem is in terms of the ICE very doubtful we'll find anything out on that front before the season finishes just because Mercedes won't want, won't want Red Bull having any information that could prove beneficial to them but it seems there's a reliability problem that forces the the team to wind the power down as the engine gets onto its life it's not lasting as long as it should it's not allowing the engine to stay as powerful as it should throughout its duty cycle and i think mercedes just felt that the power was power was falling away on the mercedes engine in mexico um wasn't particularly there so going for a fresher unit just boosts you know the, the performance in these final races um which could be much better especially as we get towards the final two where current championship situation means Lewis is going to have to you know maximum attack and gunning for the wins so you don't want to be going in there with one arm tied behind your back with an engine that you can't run at full power so um, hopefully when the season finishes whether Mercedes win or don't win um, you know we'll find out a few more details about exactly what the what the problem was and what they were fighting throughout the season yeah I'm very keen to know more about it uh, because it's not often actually that we see Mercedes uh, struggling with reliability like this. It does seem a little bit out of the ordinary. Uh, But looking ahead to the weekend, we have the sprint tomorrow. Uh, Lewis obviously starting in that P1 position, but given his penalty on Sunday, I guess that sort of changes the dynamics for tomorrow because, you know, if you're Max Verstappen, for instance, I suppose you're not, you don't have any need to be quite as aggressive or fighty as you might usually be because you know that Lewis will be starting behind you provided you know you hold on to that p2 position which will then convert on the sunday do you think that that will change the dynamics of how exciting shall we say the sprint unfolds for those two front runners i don't have an answer for that sorry my siri was trying to answer 
<laughs> Very good. Taken to and what you. does Siri think? Siri says, hmm, I don't have an answer for that. <laughs> um, so I think, I mean, the sprint races so far haven't been the greatest spectacle. I think when you look at the, the impact of the sprint on an overall weekend, it's worked. It's made Fridays better. It's set up a narrative for Sunday that's kind of brought the British Grand Prix alive with the the Lewis Verstappen battle dynamic. It brought Monza alive with the you know McLaren knowing that if they could get ahead, they could stay ahead at Monza. So it's helped that. And it's made Fridays better, obviously, because you've got more to talk about in a qualifying session. But actually, this, the worst part of the sprint weekend is actually the sprint race itself, because it's been pretty dull both times. Saved at, It was saved at Silverstone by Fernando Alonso going on the alternative tyre strategy. So he surged up the field and then the entire race spent holding everybody off. Monza, I think Lando holding off Lewis was probably the, the only spectacle there, but they've not been great so far. And I don't think tomorrow will be much better because Lewis will probably disappear into the distance because Max doesn't need to take any risk, doesn't have to take any risk, won't take any risk against him, doesn't make any sense. So I think once you're out, once we're out of lap one tomorrow, I think you know Valtteri can be aggressive with Max at turn one, at turn four, and if he can stay close enough to him, you know could have a could have a go afterwards. But Max will just want to pull clear of Valtteri and sit a couple of seconds behind Lewis and go around without much much excitement. But I think critical will be how aggressive Valtteri Bottas is tomorrow on Max. Well, that is what I was going to say because we're at this point in the season where, you know, the teammates are kind of playing quite a crucial role here. I mean, we saw in Mexico, obviously Valtteri wasn't able to keep Max behind, uh, but they are in that critical role where they can apply the pressure to their uh, teammates, you know, rival. So Valtteri on Max and Checo on Lewis, if they are in such position. How much of an influence do you think that Checo and Valtteri could have over these last few races? How much do you think that they will be playing the team game? Um, or do you think that actually they probably won't be able to consistently keep up with Max and Lewis because they have really been in a league of their own um, so far this season? Their role will increase and the importance of the role will increase as we get towards the end because it's going to come down to mathematics now it's going to come down to especially if Max has a if Max has a points advantage where it's no longer in Lewis's hand to win the championship as in if Lewis wins all the races and Max finishes second then that's enough for Max to win the title then the role of um, Valtteri in beating Max in one of those races is, is critical so I think you've got that factor to come in so a lot will come down to maths and is the champ is the championship still in Lewis's hands only or does Valtteri needed and then the other factor which I think could get really really important and especially could be in Abu Dhabi and I wrote a column on it this week actually is the fastest lap situation because if we're down to a championship that looks like it's going to be a tie between Lewis and Max and comes down to a single point in Abu Dhabi then that point could be fastest lap and as we saw in Mexico, you know, Valtteri took that point purely to take it away from Max for the single point. Then imagine we're in a scenario where if Lewis is coming from behind, needs to win the race and needs faster slap to win the championship and is in that position and we get to the final lap and then Red Bull will just pit Sergio Perez to take the fastest lap and, and win the championship. God, can so, you imagine? <laughs> um, I think you can, I think, I think that scenario is per- completely feasible I think what would be more interesting would be if Red Bull need Perez in third place to win the Constructor Championship, but knowing that if they pit him and he takes the fastest lap, then uh, it wins Max the Drivers' Championship. I think that would be a much more intriguing situation in terms of what happens. 
That um, would be interesting. And I've heard both the team principals talking about this, actually, because I think, if I'm not mistaken, I can recall Christian sort of hinting that, you know, drivers might trump constructors for them this season. And Toto recently also said that, you know, typically their their focus is constructors but apparently when he was talking to uh some of the other uh colleagues that he works with they were saying that for them it would be so special on a personal level to be able to say that they were the uh team that worked on for instance you know the the most successful formula one driver's car ever uh because of the fact that it would give lewis those eight those eight titles and so actually in a way they're sort of leaning towards the drivers because it's more of a personal accolade to be able to say I was part of the team that got that driver there the most successful driver so it's such an interesting one because this is so so close this year and of course we have that added layer of it being Lewis on the brink of statistically becoming the most successful driver it's even swaying the team's view when typically you know we are used to the teams being like you know our focus is the constructors and the drivers is the drivers it's so fascinating isn't it well it is and I think F1, especially in 2021 and 2020, for some reason, whether just a slightly more compressed grid, likes throwing us circumstances where the strangest things happen. Yeah. The kind of the most amusing outcome becomes the one that takes place. So it's completely feasible to think that, you know, Max comes out of here with 24, 25 point advantage. You know, Lewis wins in uh, Qatar. He wins in Saudi Arabia and then goes to... Abu Dhabi eight points behind or similar, and then needs the needs the win, needs the fastest lap to win the championship. So you are into that scenario where it's going to be so so difficult for him to get that fastest lap because Perez will then be the the sacrificial lamb, and that's all Red Bull have to do. Yeah, all Red Bull would have to do is just save Perez five sets of softs for the race on Sunday, and then the championship's won. Oh gosh, this season is shaping up. Uh to really go out with a bang. Um, But let's go back to what we saw today. Um, Pierre Gasly, best of the rest. Another really strong session for him. He's obviously ahead of the Ferraris, the McLarens, and then the Alpines. What did you make of the midfield from what we saw today? Because it was uh, quite jumbled at points during the session, you know, a real mix of them. And then it sort of ended up um, laying out in, in teams almost, with the exception of Pierre, who was heading it up. Yeah, well, I mean, Gasly's been great all year, hasn't he, mm-hmm. on Saturdays? He's been kind of hidden a bit below the radar because the, the Sundays haven't been so spectacular for him, whether it's through accidents or strategy or bad luck or other factors. So, But he seems to have found a really comfortable place in that car now. Confidence is on a high. I think they're you know, chasing that target of beating AlphaTauri, beating Alpine um, for fifth place in the Constructors is really, really important for them as well. So... You know, just a man full of confidence in a car that he's happy with, pushing on well and driving great. And I mean, think Ferrari, you know, maybe they felt they could have done a little bit better. They looked very quick early stages of qualifying and then just didn't quite come together right at the very end. But yeah, again, I mean, the midfield again, so so close, isn't it? So you've got Gasly on a um, 8.7 and then it's only two temps back to Lando down in eighth. So nothing, nothing much. And you've got all those nice battles together, the Ferraris and McLarens together again. So I'm sure it's going to be pretty intense um, for those teams throughout both tomorrow and Sunday. I can't wait to see it, to be honest. I absolutely cannot wait. Uh, The other drive that I wanted to touch on was George Russell, uh, because he was out-qualified by his uh, Williams teammates for the first time ever. 
Nicholas Latifi P17, George Russell P18. What did you make of that? What was it that knocked George off this weekend? Well, today? Yeah, I think the sprint race weekend format means Nicholas hasn't officially outqualified George. Oh, so this, this is one of the, the weird statistical anomalies of this Ooh. of this system and structure. Is you have a lot of weird things. So I think I think Latifi finished ahead of, if I'm right, Latifi finished ahead of George in. Um, Monza sprint race as well so I think technically that was where he was first out qualified him uh, but I mean, yes. in reality in reality though it is the first time that Nicholas has been ahead of George in a qualifying session of single timed laps shall we say at some point that run run is going to come to an end George has been you know fantastic at Williams only time I think he's been out qualified by a teammate is Valtteri Bottas when he was in the Mercedes so um great performance from him but I think Nicholas has made you know hard hard for him to to come in up against a teammate of George's calibre but he's worked hard we've seen flashes of speed Um, his confidence is is up after scoring some points this year and I think just you know Nicholas just absolutely nailed it did a great lap and it's just just enough to I mean it's the tiniest of margins as well you're not it's less than five hundredths I think was the difference so tiny tiny margins I think says more about Latifi making some good progress and getting confident in that car than about George having done anything particularly bad. Last driver that I want to touch on before we move on to predictions is Nikita Mazepin because in his in the interview that we saw after he dropped out in Q1, he seems like very emotional. Why was that? What was it that uh, really got to him today in today's quality? Was it just because he feels like he didn't push the full potential of the car? Of course, he said in the interview that he felt like they could have actually competed against Williams potentially today, but he just sort of fluffed it. But is is that why he seemed so emotional? Yeah, it was a strange one, really, because, you know, it's been a difficult year for Nikita. He's kind of struggled with, with the car in the early stage of the season. He's had some moments with his teammate. There's times he's been well off the pace, times he's been closer to the pace. Um, but still strange to have such a such a big reaction after today. So... But I think he just felt that felt the lap was on on a weekend where he's not hasn't done any sim preparations for this weekend, so coming cold and so to have felt he was on the cusp of something great. You know, he's had a controversial time in Formula One, not being the most popular of drivers among fans and on social media. Um, there's been incidents throughout. You know, he arrived here with this TikTok video of a nightclub incident in Mexico that he kind of battered and explained what it was really about was getting one of his um, Has team members into a private party that had been arranged rather than Nikita being thrown out of a club as people um, wrongly reported. So, you know, I think if you've had all that negativity around you and suddenly there's the potential for something very, very positive and you, it goes away from you for the tiniest of things, maybe that maybe that got to him. At a stage of the season where everyone is a bit tired and emotions do, the emotional roller coaster kind of bounces up and down a bit, a bit higher when everyone's so tired. So, maybe a combination of that and the the high altitude of um, Sao Paulo. Yeah, it was interesting to see definitely like more upset than than we've seen before. Um, But yeah, the rest of the weekend to go. So we will see what he and all of the drivers are able to pull out the bag. Before I let you go, John, I want your predictions for the sprint tomorrow. Um, How do you think it's going to end up? Do you think we're going to see... Any big changes um, coming along, or do you think that it's, it's going to probably end up pretty much how it's going to start? Yeah, so all, all the cars obviously go through their technical inspections 
after the race, after each uh, end of each day, or after qualifying and sprint and the race. So under the F1 inspection tonight, so there's been a note posted by Joe Bauer, who's the technical delegate. It says the DRS was checked and the requirement for the minimum distance was fulfilled. So this, this is the distance between the, the two wing elements. It says, but the requirement for the maximum of 85 millimetres when the DRS system is deployed and tested in accordance with a technical directive were not fulfilled. So sounds like the gap between the, the DRS elements when the DRS is open was larger than 85 millimetres. So this will now go to um, the stewards who... Um, we'll look into it. They may speak to the team, um, but if it is a if it's a technical rules breach, then it's straight out of qualifying. So he will be excluded from qualifying today, and we'll start the sprint from the back, which would be um, pretty big ask for him to to make much of an impact coming from the back on the sprint race. So that would mean he would start the back of the grid tomorrow for the sprint, and then he would still have his five place grid penalty on the Sunday as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. So you start at the back tomorrow. Then, so if he came through from twentieth to tenth, then he would have to start fifteenth on on Sunday. So it would be a tremendously difficult um, proposition for him, and obviously leaves the would leave the door open for Max to grab the points in the sprint um, tomorrow, and then potentially have um, free run to pole position on for Sunday. Oh, okay. This makes for a potentially interesting change. Of course, we don't have the outcome yet of the investigation, um, but keep an eye on autosport and motorsport.com's socials and websites, and we will make sure to bring you the outcome as soon as it is confirmed. But John, before I let you go, uh, (laughs) well, I was going to ask you for your predictions, but of course it now could potentially be entirely different. So let's have a prediction for if Lewis is not disqualified. Um, and I guess also for if he is. So I think if I think if he does start from pole, then I think he'll go on and win it. I think the, the pace that that car has shown um, is enough and Max doesn't need to beat him um, tomorrow. So um, so I think that'd be fairly straightforward that that's how it pans out if he's there. If he starts at the back, then I think you've still got to say Max is, Max is going to do it um, because it, Valtteri... Valtteri will then be starting on the dirty side of the track um, where it's much more difficult to, to, to make an attack into turn one. So um, I think there are my two scenarios that whoever starts from pole in the sprint um, tomorrow will go on and win it. Right. Boring, but there we go. That's okay. That's okay. There we have John's predictions. That is all from us today. We will be back tomorrow with another podcast for you. As I said, keep an eye on motorsport.com and autosports news outlets uh, in order to stay up to date with the outcome of that investigation. But that's all from us. John, thank you so much for joining me and thank you everyone for listening. Well, a huge thanks to today's sponsor for bringing the show to you for free. They are Party Casino, your first choice for sports betting. And, of course, Formula One, who will be the winner next time out? Who's your favourite? Who's the outsider? And who might you want to bet on? You can, of course, bet on this year's Drivers' Championship as it goes down to the wire. But not just Formula One. Check out the sports section of Party Casino for the Premier League, Championship, Bundesliga or La Liga. Or maybe you're all about tennis, horse racing or MotoGP. Any one of 39 different sports in Party Casino. And hit the slots with the full Party Casino experience with jackpot slots, the best Vegas games, roulette in the life casino, and of course, blackjack as well. Partycasino.com has now got a safer gambling section on the homepage so you can play while staying safe, learn how betting works, and manage the time you spend online. So when you're ready, let's get the party started with 50 free spins on Starburst.
How do you do it? You go to autosport.com slash party casino. In three easy steps, sign up, make a deposit of 10 quid and enjoy 50 free spins. That's autosport.com slash party casino. Open to UK residents over 18 years old. Read full terms and conditions at partycasino.com and please gamble responsibly. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The world is waiting, waiting for new thinking, for bold ideas that embrace a globally connected community, working together to create a better future for all. And that future, it can be found here at UC Riverside. Here, you'll join a community where diversity equals vitality where support and empowerment lifts spirits and propels ideas forward. Fearless, innovative, connected. UC Riverside. Bold hearts, brilliant minds. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.